freight efficiency with NACFI's Mike Roth and Friends. Here in episode 35, we have joining us Taki Duracos, Vice President of Maintenance at Pitt, Ohio, where we talk about what his fleet is doing to create new pipelines for drivers and technicians through apprenticeship programs. We also talk about what causes the company to embrace new technology, the relative ease of the integration and rollout of safety technology, and the harder journey to electric trucks. He also reminds us that with any technology, it is still about moving the freight. Today we have joining us Taki Darakos, Vice President of Vehicle Maintenance and Fleet Services at Pitt, Ohio. Hello, thanks for joining me today, Taki. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for having me. Thanks for allowing me to take some time with you. First of all, I always ask my friends how we met. I mean, this is a, you know, this is this whole thing's entitled Freight Efficiency with Mike Roth and Friends. So uh, <laughs> do you remember sort of how we, uh, how we came to know one another? It, it was either a TMC or an NTA conference. And it was, it was when you were just talking about um, starting NACFI and you had a vision of where you wanted to do, where you wanted to go with it. And um, people have their, their name badges and you just strike up a conversation. And that was, that was the conversation that we had. And I, I remember, I, I, I think back then, I, I, it would have been more than a decade ago, maybe, maybe 11 years ago. And uh, back then I was, I was working for, for FedEx and had just really fairly recently been introduced to TMC and, and the power of it and NTA. And I was involved in some hybrid hydraulic work back then, but it was, I think it was over breakfast and, and I thought, wow, what a really interesting person. And um, he's got a, a, a long journey ahead of him, but it's, 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 we'll, we'll see where it goes. And I kind of, for many years, have, have watched you kind of grow the, the momentum and, and, and grow the network and, and, and become more and more visible in the industry. Let, let's start with Pitt, Ohio. Let's just get grounded in, in the, the work you're doing there right now. I mean, what, what do you haul? What are the number of trucks? And, and sort of what are the, the big things on, on your plate right now with, uh, you know, with, inside the trucking industry with, with doing what you're doing there? Sure. I, I think from a, a Pitt, Ohio standpoint, we're a, a family-owned uh, company. We've been around for 41 years. Um, started in Pittsburgh, just running freight back and forth between Pittsburgh and Ohio and uh, grew from there. Um, today, we are a collection of um, five less than truckload companies and, and a supply chain group um, that runs from uh, up in New England, uh, down into the Carolinas, and across to, to Nebraska. So I'll, I'll say for the purpose of this conversation, I'll just focus on Pitt, Ohio as the, you know, the original organization that started and, and you know, the base of the, the company. We're, we're about um, 850 Class A tractors, um, 600 straight trucks, uh, you know, a mix of uh, non-CDL and CDL, mostly Class 7 straight trucks though, and, and um, close to 2,300 trailers, and our our footprint is really primarily in the, the Midwest and Mid Atlantic. Um, you know that that's where you're going to see a lot of, of Pitt Ohio trucks and trailers running on a on a monthly basis. We run about nine million miles, and um, you ask the question, what do we haul? And if if we walk the dock right now, you would find. Um, air compressors, you would find TVs, you would find monster energy drinks, uh, you would find paint. It's a, it's a very eclectic um, 
um, customer base in terms of whose products we we move uh, through our network. I think just the fact that you've got so many straight trucks, so many um, heavy tractors and and trailers, and have that mix of CDL and non CDL. I mean that that's that's unique, but um, uh, you know it offers a lot of challenges and and huge advantages. I mean I, I think um, for those that just haul. Uh, you know, heavy tractors in one segment, or they just are in smaller, I mean, they, they end up, you know, I mean, they're focused, and that helps you from a business standpoint, but it can get a little myopic. And, and uh, um, you know, I don't know, I think uh, just just having that, that, that mix probably helps in some ways. Um, some of those technologies are transferable. Some of them make you think harder about even the CDL and non-CDL. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, you know, uh, you know, how, you know, in this driver shortage, um, and also, you know, I think there's been a trend over the last decade or so to move and freight up to, you know, baby eight class eight tractors and that class sort of six, seven, um, medium duty is sort of, you know, we've built less of them in the last 10 years than we did in prior decades. And just, just tell us a little bit about that. That's kind of different for our audience. One of the things from an LTL standpoint, I mean, we have, we have a, a lot of drivers that have grown up with Pitt, Ohio. So they've, they've been here a long time and, and we're going through a transition now in terms of like everybody else, people are retiring, they're, they're, they're moving on in, in the next chapters of their journeys. So we have been on a, I think now it's probably a five or six year journey to, to, to create uh, a pipeline of, of new talent and, and new drivers uh, coming into the organization. So we have an apprenticeship program that we've, uh, geared up, we will bring people into our our docks. Um, they will learn the, the the freight movement business on the dock, and then we'll start to transition and transition them, or grow them into um, larger vehicles. So they will progress maybe from the dock into a, a transit or a sprinter, um, then maybe into a 18 footer or a 24 foot non CDL truck, and and potentially up into the larger um, CDL straight trucks, or even um, become a, a tractor trailer driver. So there's, we've tried to build a, a, a path of progression and, and a, a pipeline that can supplement our driver force. We, we don't have a lot of turnover. I mean, generally we have um, some turnover from the retirements, like I mentioned. Um, we do on occasion have people leave for other opportunities. And then, you know, sometimes we, we, we are safety conscious and safety sensitive. Um, we will lose drivers just because of um, accidents that um, that are just, you know, maybe um, 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 accidents that shouldn't have happened. They were related to behavior and, and we'll make a decision to move on. So um, we've seen more of a mix uh, in the fleet. I mean, today we're probably um, we're, we're working towards maybe a 55-45 um, split in terms of tractor trailers versus straight trucks. Um, I think primarily looking out and uh, looking at the, the freight that's being moved as well as um, you know what, what's the workforce gonna look like uh, moving forward. So we've been on a path and a journey and it's, it's, it's kind of evolving and, and taking shape. We've had um, some success with the apprentice program, um, but you know, it's, it's, it's a work in progress. And then we're doing something similar on on our technician side, we just really started ramping up in terms of uh, a Votech uh, apprenticeship type programs in our shops with uh, 
local VOTEC programs that um, can kind of help prepare technicians for working out in the industry. And, you know, if we have an opportunity to hire them when they, they graduate from high school, we'll bring them on board. If, if we don't, then hopefully we've set them up to be successful in um, what we think can be a pretty rewarding uh, career path as a, as a technician. These days. Yeah, I think this is I think this is a really interesting topic. I mean, right now, it's a, a complete and very important right now. I mean, we've got, you know, um, you know, some of the, you know, national sort of uh, um, psych work psychology folks are looking at, you know, they're talking about the big quit, right, where people are, uh, you know, the, out, coming out of the pandemic, people um, of all ages are looking at their careers, and they're saying, man, I got, you know, I want to go do something instead of I want to go do something else and, and you know, um, taking time off, moving careers, even moving industries. And I, 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 um, I think for fleets like you're describing and running there, you've got the base opportunity because you're in different businesses with, you know, dock work and um, um, different types of trucks to drive, different office jobs and so forth. You've got more, um, more roles. Um, to move people around. And I think within the company, that's strong. And then like you just ended your, 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 your comments, you know, um, let's keep these folks in the industry. And if they go from, from one company to a next or from a fleet to a manufacturer to a, maybe they come work for NACFI for a while and then they go somewhere mm -hmm. else. You know, I think that's, um, I, I think that'll make the industry really strong. Um, any of that resonate with you? Uh, no, absolutely. I, I would say, Mike, I, I, maybe I'm an example of, of some of this. I remember back in 2001 coming out of the Army and a lot of people telling me at the time, uh, you know, uh, I had interviewed with a number of different industries, different companies. Uh, and uh, I remember somebody saying when, when I had finally settled in on Schneider, uh, trucking company, really? You know, you're a... You're a uh, <laughs> educated uh, junior military officer and are you really going to go work out in LA for a trucking company and I I took it back then because of the values um, because of the opportunity to work with people and um, you know today I, I look back and you know I, I I'm of Greek heritage I had a, a Greek mom that said you know you can do better I think she had her sights set on a on a doctor or a lawyer or something like that and you know 20 years later she's Kind of shaking her head and said, you know, I, I think you, you did you did good. <laughs> You've you know what I what I have found is just you know a lot of a lot of wonderful people. And then you know the the twenty plus years I've been in this um, transportation niche and and maintenance in particular has been just a, a rapid acceleration of technology and an evolution. And uh, we are so bombarded today with uh, data and analytics and. Um, you know, the landscape's moving so fast that, that there, are, there are tremendous opportunities for people that uh, want to grow, want to learn, aren't afraid to kind of put their hand up and say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. Um, and that's really defined what, what, my, um, what my journey's been. I mean, I came out of, out of the military not knowing, you know, if I looked at a bunch of trucks, I couldn't tell you the difference between a Freightliner or International or uh, I don't think I even knew what a fifth wheel was at the time when Schneider put me in a shop. And <laughs> what I, I know it's, it's almost comical, but I had a good group of techs on the shop floor and, and some managers around me that, you know, they knew that I, I cared about people. I wanted to learn and they gave me an opportunity to do it. And, you know, two years later, I was running a, a probably the third largest maintenance facility for Schneider out in 
Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and, and, you know, just really have been amazed, amazed at the journey and, and where I am. And, and I talked to kids today, you know, I did a, a mentor uh, a Zoom call with some folks in their Pittsburgh public school system um, um, at the tail end of uh, the spring of this year and talked to them about you know, when you think about trucking and transportation, don't just think about a truck driver or a mechanic, because there are IT jobs and HR jobs and uh, um, finance jobs. And uh, there are so many roles, operations, leadership. There, there are so many roles kind of behind the curtain. You know, this is um, really important, I think, for our industry. I think we've got a long history of doing this modestly and quietly, um, but we're like others, you know, it's the keep your head down, stay at one company, work hard, <laughs> progress up it. And I think that model is, is pretty much gone. And the, bet, the better way we, you know, support talent moving around and getting all this expertise and experience, we'll be stronger for it. Um, so let, let's move on to, um, you know, kind of with these technologies that you just mentioned and moving forward, you know, NACP's doing all this work on saving diesel fuel and operating tractors, trailers, trucks um, more efficiently, and then on to a, you know, all this zero emission work, you know, that, that in some ways is coming faster than a lot of people think. Um, but I'd really like your, your thoughts on, um, you know, what, what drives you personally and the fleet there to work on, you know, I know you got windmills, you got batteries, solar <laughs> on your, some facilities, you're working on electric trucks. I mean, what, what causes you to, lean in or not lean in you're you're kind of jumping in um um when that can be like we mentioned earlier you got haul freight to haul and customers to take care of and that takes a lot of work so what's causing you to do that you know i think i think a lot of it comes from senior leadership i think it comes from the vision of our president chuck camel and uh, you know, the, the senior leaders in the organization, I, you know, sustainability is a core tenant in what we do. We, we try to be good partners in the, in the communities that we're in. And, uh, you know, you know, our mantra of we're always, we're always there for you. Uh, you know, it, it, it starts with our, our people. So I think, I think what we found, we've been on probably an 11 year journey in terms of sustainability. And, and you mentioned some of the things we've done. I mean, uh, uh, more than a, a decade ago, we started with solar and uh, eventually progressed to um, some wind, wind turbines. And these aren't your big, uh, uh, you know, few hundred foot um, turbines. They're 60 foot, um, uh, we'll call them micro turbines, but uh, we've, we've just seen a a value in, in bringing things forward. I, I can tell you, we, we introduced electric forklifts in our docks maybe um, seven or eight years ago. And, you know, to, to, to be in a quieter dock and a cleaner dock and, um, you know, less emissions, it, it, it resonates with our people. And then when you start to talk to customers today, um, they, are, they are taking notice. So we're, today we've got, we've got a number of LEED certified facilities. Um, we have uh, two of our locations have um, wind, solar tied into on-site uh, microgrids, and um, yeah. To your point, we're we're getting ready. If I can, if I can get my 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 two <laughs> medium-duty electric um, trucks, we'll we'll start down that journey. And and it's it's I think what drives us is uh, we want to be good 
citizens in the community. We want to be good business partners. Um, we think we have to do um, some of this. At, at times, it can be challenging, right? I mean, I think we're we're in yeah. kind of Amazon Prime um, free shipping mentality, and and you know try and whittle things down to the lowest buck. But I, I think what we do see now is there are customers that are coming and. You know, they want to know what your emissions profile is and they want to know what your fuel economy in the fleet is and what are you doing to be um, sustainable and to be good community partners. And I think if we can all get on that path and journey, we can kind of accelerate this and move it along um, at a faster pace. But Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always about threes. I mean, people laugh at me, you know, that you're the three-legged stool guy, but I, I think here... <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a mentor of mine many years ago said, Mike, you know, in a good old Southern Indiana drawl, he said, Mike, a two-legged, a two-legged stool doesn't work and four legs are too many. So I guess that's, that's me. But I, 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 the way I view this is we've always had, um, you know, total cost of ownership driving our decisions in trucking, which is so good. I mean, we're fact-based, you know, we don't get emotional in purchases and we figure things out one, two, there is, um, you know, this sustainability, um, you know, sort of grassroots, you know, it comes in out of our, you know, guts and our being and then into our actions that that's happening. And then and that's showing up with with customers and customers ask, you know, just basically moving and asking for and demanding some of these things. So to, to me, I, I think that's um, that's that, you know, it, it sounds a little oh, not not altruistic, but sort of like um uh, but but it, it's getting into us taking action in these areas. Um, take us through. Uh, so as, as then you go execute, Taki, I mean, what are, uh, you know, and you, you end up kind of on the bleeding edge of some of this. I mean, maybe walk us through <laughs> something that's gone easier than you thought and something that's gone harder than you thought. And maybe the harder you already mentioned with your electric truck work, but um you know, maybe take us through a couple of quick examples, something that went easier over the last 10 or 11 years in this area and something that's more challenging than you thought. Um, I, you know, I think from a, from an ease standpoint, I think just the, the technology that's integrated on the, the, the safety technology that's come into the fleets has been fairly, fairly easy and, and, and fairly simple to roll out and integrate. I mean, I, I'm a maintenance guy, Mike, so a lot of the stuff I always, you know, up front, I'm asking the questions, you know, how easy is it going to be to, to support and maintain? And, you know, no matter how much you put in on the front end from a CapEx standpoint or a spec standpoint, you, you know, you're not going to get your money's worth if it's a year later, it's not working. So I, I think I think a lot of that technology, because of our safety culture and um, how engaged and involved we are in, in that aspect of it, uh, you know, a lot of this lane departure and collision mitigation and, you know, the technologies that are out there, um, quick, easy adoption, and then really good support from our OEM partners. Um, the hard stuff, um, you know, this electrification journey, um, it's not easy. I mean, even a, an organization that has um, microgrids and renewables and is active in the space and has learned a little bit from, you know, electric forklifts and and all that, it, there's still some significant er, uh, learnings. And I think that's where it's helped to have uh, relationships with uh, CalSTART and NACFI and some of the clean cities organizations and, 
you know, you mentioned something about, about leading edge and, you know, I, I've been in my role at Pitt Ohio for about three years now. And um, when I came here, uh, you know, my, my boss had said, you know, we'd really like to go down this path and this journey. And, you know, you start to read a lot of the articles and, you know, three years ago, I think, you know, a lot of material in transport topics, a lot of, you know, heavy duty um, trucking and, and, and you read about it and you think, oh yeah, we're, we got a little bit of catching up to do. And, and, and now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm deep into it. Um, just a week and a half ago, we were installing some 75 kilowatt DC level two chargers and in, in our Parma facility. And, and, you know, I'm thinking about it all and saying, well, I'm, I'm really not that far behind. I'm kind of on the, the leading edge of it now because I'm in, <laughs> yeah. and we're doing yeah. this in a small organization, but, you know, everyone's embraced it. We've, we've, work closely with our partners. Um, we've done the due diligence in terms of where do these fit in terms of duty cycle and how will we support them so that, you know, we, we don't put something out there that's gonna be a, a flop from a, a operation standpoint and a customer base standpoint. I mean, ultimately it's still about moving freight and getting people the products that they want when they want them and where they want them to go to. and. Um, you know, we're going to build this into it. I, I feel the same way, very much the same way as you. Uh, you know, we, we we came at this battery electric trucks as, oh, you got to be joking. Batteries all freight, no way. And then we, we kind of got into the, yeah, it can, and it can even in heavy. And then it was like, like well, can it now be affordable? Will the truck OEMs want to do it? And we had the Tesla launch, or, you know, launch event. We had the, you know, the, the many manufacturers come to the party, small trucks, big trucks. Um, and then, you know, we got into, well, okay, maybe it can be done, but what about at, at you know, any kind of total cost of ownership? And the last couple of years have been, well, wait a minute, these trucks are pretty simple and we don't have some of the emissions equipment. So maintenance, you know, we'll see about it and drivers love them. And, you know, we just completed run on less electric. And uh, mm -hmm. now I think we're into the, um, all right, it, it, they can haul the freight. They um, likely can do it in many ways, you know, at a, at a, at a business case. I mean, we, I'm not saying it's, you know, for sure, but, you know, for many of these duty cycles and situations and, and now it's, Ooh, my goodness, this is going to be hard to execute, whether it's getting power to the facility or, um, you know, dealing with uh, electricity costing and so forth. So on electric trucks and, you know, this sort of, you know, class six medium box trucks, as well as, um, you know, lower, you know, sort of the, the smaller end of class eight tractors. What are some things that need to happen in your mind, given what you've done in the last couple of years um, through, throughout the whole ecosystem of, of making these trucks go? I mean, what are the key areas that, you know, and I'm going to take notes because this is what, you know, I'm going to looking forward to hearing what you say with respect to what NACFI does in this area, but what needs to happen and kind of who should do it in the next couple of years? Uh, well, I, I think, I think first and foremost, Mike, I think it's the, the infrastructure has got to be in place. I mean, I think we have a lot of work to do to support, um, you know, large, large fleets of, of battery electric trucks or, um, you know, I, I think that that's that's the biggest thing that stands out. I think that I think that the costs uh, of of batteries and the technology have to continue to come down. I mean, right now the the uh, you know the business case isn't necessarily there. It's not a, a slam dunk that that these are these are vehicles that are going to um, you know offset a, a conventional unit today from a, a ROI. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I, I think that's I think that's the biggest thing. I, I think as as the technology evolves, I think they're going to be able to do more of what the conventional units do. I I've seen that that kind of move forward, and you know I I think that um, that the operations will change. I used to look at it and say it's got to do exactly what a uh, a current technology vehicle does today, but um, I think I think there's some sort of um, some some sort of hybridization. I, I I think the important work that needs to be done is to continue to educate folks and prepare them. And I think uh, organizations like NACFI and CalStart, I think uh, the OEMs are being diligent and um, much more prudent in terms of. Uh, who gets these vehicles and making sure that um, there's been some due diligence, at least in this early adoption phase of, of making sure folks are prepared to be able to support. Yeah. One, one thought that's been going through my mind is, you know, um, a fleet and a location, you know, may not go 100% electric. Um, keep two or three diesel trucks for those longer hauls, those days where you know, you, you need to go make longer trips and so forth and, and um, you know, get, get focused on how to take advantage of the, the technology. Um, but it may require, you know, we're not going to upset the, the whole operations of trucking to take advantage of technology, but some little changes here and there um, fleet should be really thinking about as they look at these technologies. So, um, hey, thanks a lot, Taki. We covered a ton of ground and uh, best of luck to you. Thanks, thanks for being on. Thanks so much, Mike. You'd be well. Freight Efficiency with NACFI's Mike Rosen Friends.